Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. Coming at you on a Monday morning. Mike D, no, not that one in the song, but this one. Coach Michael Desermo joins us now as Louisiana is coming off their 13th win of the season. Good morning, Coach. Merry Christmas. How are you? Good morning, Scott. Merry Christmas to you too, man. I'm, I'm doing really good. Have, have you Have you slept yet? Um, uh, not a whole lot. You know, we, we, we had a, we celebrated after, after the game, had a good time and, you know, got up yesterday, spent a lot of time with the family, uh, the rest of the day. And then, um, you know, got back to, to Lafayette last night and kind of got back in the office, started working on some things. So, you know, still some things to be done before we can really relax, but, uh, it's, uh, we got the big one off the list, you know? Well, that was uh, congrats on the win, 36-21 the final. I want to dig into it a little bit. What was the biggest internal challenge for that game on Saturday? I mean, obviously Marshall's a good opponent, but internally, what was the biggest hurdle? You know, I think internally, you know, I don't know if it was any one change. You know, it was just kind of being able to handle all the distractions and, and all the things that were going on. You know, we had we had a few – we had you know, we had a few really good players that were out. Um, so we had to prepare some guys that, you know, for bigger roles, you know, we were on the staff, you know, we, we, we'd lost some really good coaches that were on the staff that had moved on uh, to other places. And, you know, we had a lot of guys that had to step up and, you know, the kids had to believe in those people too. Um, not just their teammates, but the people that were having to fill in roles and having to coach them. So it was really just had to, you know, you just had to kind of trust that had to trust in each other and trust that we knew, um, that we had the people in place to get it done. So, you know, it was just, there, there were just, there were a lot of things that kind of, you know, were, uh, had us off kilter a little bit. How would you grade the team's overall defensive performance on Saturday? Well, I mean, really, you know, whenever you watch it, you know, other than two big runs, other than two big runs, I mean, they, those guys were lights out, you know, and, and really the big runs, you know, we, we were in a good position, you know, sometimes, you know, didn't get to, didn't get to, we got cut out of a gap, you know, on one of them, another one, we didn't finish on the tackle. So, I mean, those guys played great. Uh, you know, you could not be more proud of that. I mean, Marshall, they were averaging 35, 36 points a game. Um, a lot of weapons all over the place. And, and our defense did a phenomenal job of, uh, of keeping them in check. Yeah. To not have Taylor Humphrey, not have Farai Garner and, to hold them to 286 yards, you mentioned it, the two big runs by Ali. But outside of that, you know, I mean, it, it shows in the time of possession, right? 37 and a half minutes for the cage. I think 37-26 technically. But basically, you had about a quarter more, right? 15 minutes more yep. almost. And with, with that, you look at the fourth quarter where Louisiana has been great almost all season in the fourth quarter. I mean, the stats back that up. How much did the conditioning and the time of possession in your mind come into play there in the fourth? I think it was huge at the end of the game. You know, uh, at the end of the game when we had to run the ball, um, you know, typically towards the middle and end of the fourth quarter, uh, when we had to run the ball, you know, they, they were they, they were gassed and they were worn out and our guys were, you know, they, they kind of feed off of that a little bit when they can see that, when they can see the guys on the other side of the ball starting to kind of tap out a little bit, that's kind of, that's when they really start kind of pushing. So 
I think it was huge. I mean, I think our kids were in great shape. I think they were fresh for this game. Um, you know, and I think the time of possession, the type of game we played, you know, even early on, I thought we, we hit the ground running. We ran the ball well. We were mixing it up good early. Then we kind of stalled out kind of in the middle. You know, they made some adjustments, and we had to kind of get ourselves back on track a little bit. But I think mixing up the run in the pass had a cumulative effect. And I think in the fourth quarter it was – it was something that our kids, you know, they just feed off of. When they have a chance to finish it, they that's it's kind of like blood and water. Louisiana head coach Michael Desimo, I guess. Your offensive line, uh, it looked like there was an adjustment made there in the fourth coach. Ken Marks slid back over to left tackle. I think Osiris might have moved. You're, you started running well. Um, in terms of in-game adjustments, I know you could talk about a lot of different ones, but specifically that one on the O-line in the fourth. Uh, where As a play caller... What's the process when you're the head coach and play caller and there's an in-game adjustment? How much of it is somebody's in your ear? How much of it is something you notice? Just if you could use that one as an example is sort of how that process unfolds. Well, I think, you know, I think there are multiple different ways that, that in-game adjustments happen, you know, and I think some of it is a little bit of both, right? Sometimes it's the guy calling the plays that sees some things and says, all right, this is what we need to do. And sometimes it's, you know, the old line coach or the receiver's coach or the running, but you know, whoever that says, Hey, what if we do this? And, you know, I mean, so it comes from a variety of different places. Um, that was a rotation that we, uh, that we had planned on using, um, from the beginning, you know, David Hudson is a really, really good football player for us. That guy plays good ball. Every time he's in the game, we felt like he deserved to play and his best spot we felt was that right guard. Um, so Saibo, you know, he can play inside or outside. So we bumped him out to tackle and Ken obviously is comfortable at left tackle. Um, you know, Nathan Thomas, uh, has been playing all year with a banged up shoulder, um, you know, and kind of a reserve role. And in the game, he kind of tweaked it a little bit again at the end. So it was normal rotation. And then, you know, when, when big Nate kind of banged up his shoulder, you know, coach Norwood, uh, just said, Hey, look, let's just go with this with this rotation here and and we roll with it and um you know it, it was very uh very effective for us yeah basically a combination of who you have available every coach talking to each other i mean at the end of the day i think it seems like coach the, the answer to that question if you were to summarize it would usually just be communication right when you have that communication with your staff that's when the in-game adjustments more time than not are going to be good as opposed to well that didn't work well yeah i mean that's yeah, that didn't work is not a good answer, um, you know, for, for whenever you're trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, I mean, the communication is a huge part of it. You know, in this game, we had Coach Vietar up in the box kind of watching things from above. You know, we're on we're down on the field. Everybody's kind of watching their different part of, of what's happening. And so between the series, you know, what we do is we kind of recap the play that was called, the coverage, the front, um, and then what happened, you know, who made the play, uh, you know, was it a good decision by the, you know, it always starts with the quarterback, right? You know, run game and pass game. Was it a good decision? You know, yes or no. You know, if it's no, well, then obviously that's why it doesn't work. If it's yes and it still didn't work, okay, then what happened? You know, what did they do to make an adjustment? So I think uh, the communication is a key part of it. And I think our guys do a really good job of watching what they're supposed to watch, having their right eyes where they need to be. And then, you know, we communicate between between the series, you know, fully, um, and make sure that we have a understanding of what happened and what we need to do to try to counter it. Louisiana Rage Cajun head football coach Michael Desermo, one and zero as the head coach, and the Cajuns thirteen and one on the season, unprecedented win streak uh, that continues thirteen straight to end the year. 
Um, you, you knew you had the game won, I guess, late. There was another touchdown by Monty Bailey. Uh, moments after the final PAT, Coach, there were there were a few uh, UL players that I think were waving at the Marshall sideline. Some would say it's taunting. When they got back to the, the UL sideline, looked like you had some maybe strong words for them. Now, I couldn't tell exactly what was, but um, could you maybe fill us in on uh, – summarize what you told those guys and just I know that game was chippy but in moments like that what your what your message was to those players yeah you know I mean there's just a certain way to do things and you know I I think you have to win with class and and dignity you know whenever you do it and you know all the stuff that that goes on you know there are things that happen between the plays you know sometimes when you get when it gets heated and, and you you make mistakes and you make decisions in the heat of the moment those things were not in the heat of the moment i mean waving at the other sideline or the crowd or whatever they whatever they were doing it's just that's not the way we're going to do it um do it here and and those are good kids that that was not very good decision making on their part but they needed to know it and they needed to know it from me that that i don't like that and that's not the way we're going to play ball the right way from snap to whistle and um you know we're going to leave it at that you know let everything let the scoreboard talk and and we'll just play Levi Lewis, uh, his final game as a Cajun, he wins the New Orleans Bowl MVP. He was great um, on the ground, through the air, and gets the MVP award and says, you know, really it's – I just want to thank everybody that's not here getting the award, the, the staff, the players, my teammates. Then he handed the award to Monty Bailey. He, he, he talked about him as well on the mic. Um, you know, from one former quarterback to now it's you got to call Levi a former quarterback at least for the Cajuns we'll see what happens with him next but uh what were your thoughts on 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 Levi the the leader in terms of what it means to be a leader at that position for the Raging Cajuns well I think if anyone ever wondered why he is the leader that he is for our team uh, well I think I think you see it right there right uh you know, a long time ago, I had a teacher whenever I was in high school and gave me a quote whenever I was graduating and said, a leader is someone who takes a little less than his share of the credit and a little more than his share of the blame. And, uh, you know, typically when you're the quarterback, it's kind of the other way. You get too much credit when you win and, and too much fault when you lose. And I think Levi is is the ultimate example of saying, hey, man, like this was never, this was never all about me. It took everybody to, to get this done. And you know, I think that was just a sign, a, a, a tangible sign of his humility to actually give his MVP trophy to someone else. Um, you know, there, there's no wonder why these guys would follow him anywhere and why he's been so successful here. It's never about one person, um, and Levi totally gets that. Is that your first Gatorade bath ever? Have you had any other prior to Saturday night? Um. I got one in high school, and then these jokers got me in the spring game this past year, actually, of all things. Uh, I think it was Shane Vallow that started that one in the spring game. But, that was about right. Yeah, it's, yeah, 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 of course it would be Shane. But, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I haven't had a whole bunch of them. You, you, you said um, afterwards, you know, what, what are the emotions you're feeling? You said relief. Was that just from the pressure yeah. you were feeling to just want to send out players on a winning note after what you know just the season that was and what the last two weeks have been like oh a hundred percent you know i mean that's a hundred percent what it's about 
look, I'm, I'm confident in that and in, in what we're going to do here and in, in, in the plan that we have in place. Um, it was about right now, though, this week, you know, and it was about, and I kept saying it, it, it wasn't about anything other than, than finishing the right way for that class because they absolutely deserved it. You know what I mean? The last thing that you want to do is feel like you didn't have a great plan to put them in place. You want to, last thing you want to do is feel like you didn't prepare them throughout the week to play, you know, or you, or last thing you want to do is make is, is feel like you did too much where they were tired and gassed. So, you know, you're juggling all those things in your head and, and trying to c- come up with a plan because those kids deserved your very best to say the least, you know, with everything they've done. So yeah, it, it was a little bit of relief to be honest with you. Uh, to send them off the way they deserved it. And, you know, it was, uh, it was a great feeling because it took a lot of people to make it happen. So it was, uh, it, it was just a little bit, a little bit overwhelming, you know, at the, right when that clock hit zero and you knew that it was over, but, uh, it was a great feeling. How many text messages did you, did you get when you finally looked at your phone after the win? <laughs> I had a bunch of them. I, I think whenever, I think by the time I got to the locker room, it was in the eighties. I think, which go. is, which is, uh, you know, you, you, I appreciate, you know, I appreciate people's support, you know, over these last couple of weeks more than, than I could ever express it to them because, you know, I know everybody's busy and everybody's got stuff going on for, for people to take the time and, and, and send out a text to me. It just, you know, it, it absolutely means a lot. What was there, you know, of the 80 plus, was there anyone that maybe in particular stood out that you would share or didn't want to keep it all private? No, I mean, I, I'm going to keep it private. You know, a lot of it was former teammates, um, which, you know, obviously that means the world to you. You know, I've said before, as a player, all I ever wanted was for my teammates to just to, to think that I was a great teammate. I didn't care, you know, what kind of player they thought I was, but I wanted them to think I was a great teammate. So to have the text messages from them and, you know, uh, you know, man, I mean, high school friends and, and people that, that I've grown up with, you know, it's just uh, – it's just really, you know, it's just, it's really, you appreciate those things because uh, when you realize how many people actually support you, you know, it it makes all the negative things that, you know, that are said or whatever, it really just kind of, really just kind of puts the fire out on that stuff because you know you got more people for you than against you. Louisiana Raging Cajun head coach Michael Desimo, our guest. Uh, you mentioned about people taking their time out to, whether it be to congratulate you, support the team. You have a message to the fans that made their way to New Orleans and and were there in person for uh, a game that you know and ended uh, just just before midnight. But I know the ones that were there were, were enjoying every bit of it when that clock struck zero. Oh God, thank you. Uh, you know that place that that playing in that in that stadium, playing in that venue for uh, for the New Orleans Bowl is something that's been special over here, and I've been fortunate enough. I've got to be at all of them. Uh, you know, four of them I was watching in the stands and, and cheering along just like everybody else. And for two of them, I got to coach in. And there's no doubt that it's a home field advantage for us. And it absolutely changes the game. And, you know, I remember at the end of the game, I had no idea what time it was. You know, you're, you're in that, that kind of locked in a time warp. You know, once the game starts, you totally forget. I mean, shoot, you forget what time it even started. And uh, I remember I was I was on the – the stage just kind of looking out and just seeing all the people just standing there just watching listening to what our players had to say and celebrating with us and then when I realized it was after midnight it just made it all the more special so 
you know, thank you, you know, from the bottom of our hearts, you know, for traveling to New Orleans, for supporting this team, for doing it all year, and, um, you know, for making a difference in this season and, and, I mean, making a difference in our season because, let's face it, you know, the fans are a part of it, a, a huge part of it. And, um, you know, those guys, they they uh, they strain in the stands for us. I know watching and, and, and pulling for us and cheering us along. And so to say that we're grateful for it is, you know, is an understatement, but, uh, man, it was, it was awesome. You know, it was, it really, it was electric and loud in there. Um, at times that I know really made it difficult for Marshall. Now you said you haven't slept much, but uh, you said you celebrated. I, I'm surprised you even had time to celebrate, but it obviously happened. Mm-hmm. So how did you celebrate and, and what time did you finally, I guess, sleep for, for, I guess, a short period of time? Man, you know, it was, uh, it was really cool. So my older brother and my older sister um, came uh, with their families to the game. Um, my mom and my dad were there. They, they they were not part of the late night celebration. They were they were in bed. But uh, my brother and sister were there. Um, you know, just some some old friends. You know, one from high school, two of them, you know, from college that that we just became really close with. We just we really we sat in the hotel lobby and had a good time and shared stories and laughed and kind of talked about all the, the stuff that's happened and um you know they were celebrating i think they were happier for me than than i was you know um so we stayed up till they pretty much kicked us out the hotel lobby around three thirty, and then went to bed for a little bit and and got up the next day and you know uh had to see all the guys off had to see them you know see them on the bus and make sure that everybody got there and all that good stuff so you know that was it. It was it was pretty tame. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm a little bit of an old soul, but uh, it was it was exactly the way I wanted to celebrate it. You know, with people that 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 I know care about me, and uh, you know, it was a fun moment to share with them. Yeah, I mean, look, you you you're spending time with loved ones, sort of just soaking in the moment in the, and I'm sure you know the lobby of the shared. And it was pretty pretty festive, but um, you know, to have that yep. and and just kind of soak it all in. That's awesome. Coach Michael Desimo has been our guest. I'm going to let you run, Coach. I just have a few more for you. Coach Billy yep. Napier was so big on the tiers in terms of he had his yearly schedule mapped out by the tier. And I'd always ask him, what tier are we in? Like, I didn't follow it close <laughs> enough. But he would always explain yeah. it to me. He was very patient with some of my um, somewhat dumb questions. But he, are you, are you going to follow that model altered a little bit? Like now that that game is over, what tier are you in right now? And when does it officially reset? Well, so, I mean, right now, you know, you're getting ready to go into, into, uh, really into tier one, you know, in the foundation in January, whenever the kids come back. Um, so, you know, that's kind of what you're getting ready for right now. You know, you want the kids, you know, they've got, we're sending them an the off-season program, you know, plan just for them to work out a little bit and get a little something, kind of keep going. But realistically, they need time off. They need a break is what they need. So, you know, we're getting ready for phase one. Um, you know, when Coach Nape, I think, talks about the tiers, he was talking about the in-season tiers probably um, in the way that we kind of, throughout the season, you know, we kind of scale some things back. Um we scale things back throughout the season to kind of, you know, I guess kind of compensate for the, for the, the wear and tear all year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, we're in, you know, phase one is what we call our beginning of our off season program, you know? And so you got, you got eight or nine of those throughout the course of the year that, you know, I'm sure we'll tweak a little bit on our own, but, you know, we believe in the things that worked and I believe that the work is what made us 
what made us what we are. And so, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're not going to stray too far from that. Coach, I know you said that you weren't going to rush in terms of filling out your staff. Um, Mm -hmm. I think now certainly fans and media know who, who left with, you know, went to Florida and who's still at UL. So you don't want to rush, but I imagine you probably at least have an ideal date You'd love to have this shored up. I know it's one of the things you're working on right now, but is there, I don't want to say like an, an unofficial deadline, but ideally, when would you like to have that done? Um, you know, yeah, obviously I've been working on a lot of that stuff, you know, throughout, you know, everything else we had going on. But, uh, you know, I'm hoping to get a lot of it done in the next week or two. Um, you know, I don't know when we can make it all public. Um, sure. You know, we'll obviously do that as soon as we can, but, you know, hopefully in the next week or two, trying to get it done. And, you know, ideally you're done with all the on-field positions by the beginning of January. So that whenever you come back, everybody's in place. And then, you know, you got, you got, we have a lot of off-field positions that we got to fill too, because that's a huge part of our, of our operation here. And you got to fill that with really good people as well. So, you know, you got to start with the, with the full-time positions um, and fill those in. And, And then obviously as you do, as you get into, uh, off the field stuff, you got to make sure that you want the position coaches to be involved with that too, right? Because that's the people they work with hand in hand. So it's kind of a trickle down effect, but ideally you'd want to have the, the full-time guys in place by January 1st. You know, I'm hoping to be able to do it. I'm really hoping to be able to get it done this week um, because I feel like I've got, we've, you know, this is a, a great place, a great job, and we've got some really, really good people interested in, in being here, people that, you know, that care about, this place, this area, this state, uh, people that I trust, you know, fully that I know will come in here and do a great job. And I know they will be great for our kids um, and they'll treat them right and they'll put them first. And that's, you know, those are the things that are important to me. Louisiana Ragin Cajun head football coach Michael Desermo has been our guest. Um, enjoy your Christmas coach and your new year. I know you're busy, but I also know you got time with the family coming up uh, for Christmas and, no, for a lot of oh, yeah. Cajun fans, they uh, they got what they wanted under the tree, which was uh, a 13th win, and congrats on that, carrying into the next season, all the tears. I'll I'll have you on again, I guess, some point, you know, closer to when, when you guys are getting ready for spring ball, maybe around the next signing day. But in the meantime, i got to let you get back to work. I appreciate you taking the time. Once again, congratulations to you and the staff and players, and we'll talk to you down the line, my friend. Always, Scott. I appreciate you, man. All right, you got it. That is Louisiana Raging Cajun head football coach Michael Desermo. I'm Scott Prather.